my dog is hanging out in the office with me today. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, nice, unless she starts barking at something. I've got, uh, I've got, I've got my dog hang, hanging out with me today. I've got, uh, my, my homie Iron Man up in the top right corner. I've got Iron Patriot. I've got Batman. I'm just looking at stuff in the top shelf. Mm. These are my dogs, my homies. Yeah. I oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. I um I have the Wikipedia page for um Mandarin pulled up in front of me, hoping to um uh figure out what the heck his his rings do. They help him act, obviously. It's Trevor Slatery. Or Travis Slattery, whatever his name is. It's 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 Trevor Slattery. Slattery, okay. Alright, alright, I see. Oh my gosh, they all have specific fingers associated with them too. Huh. On his left hand, um pinky to thumb, he's got ice, uh illusions, I guess, um, electricity, fire, and white light? Oh, gravity. Okay, gravity. Um, And then on his right hand, pinky to thumb, he's got, oh, geez, black light, whatever that is. Hang on. Okay, (laughs) ultraviolet radiation. Okay. I was thinking you Um, just turned on a black light with that. Yeah, and then then continuing onward, disintegration, a vortex beam, an impact beam, and matter rearranger. Hmm. No, the thing is, like, I, I'm sure he's obviously mastered all his rings and knows which is which. But it'd just be funny if, like, if he just forgot, like, which ring was which. Like, let's say, like, he wakes up one morning and he's like, "Ah, oh, great morning." And he like goes to his ring set and he like looks at his servant and he's like, "Did did you mess with my rings? They 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 don't look like they're in the right order." The servants like uh, they fail, but I, I put him back. I put him back. And he's like they they were in order. Did you put them back in order? And the servants like uh, sure. And so like he he doesn't have them labeled or anything, so he just puts them on. Like uh, yeah, he winds up whenever he's trying to use that uh, that vortex beam or whatever. He accidentally uses black light or whatever. He's like ah, I knew it. I was trying just to sweep them away with the power of air and tornadoes, but instead I just fried them with ultraviolet radiation. <laughs> I didn't get the chance to deliver my big supervillain speech yet. Kevin, you're fired. Oh, but, but sir, look, I, I, did, I did you a favor... I I married your stepmom and I did you a favor. She wanted you to get a job. I gave you a job and and this is what this is what happens when I give you a job. I'm sorry. I know I'll have to have an argument with her later, but uh, you you got to go. But dad, I I'm not your dad. No. Don't call me that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me. I'm not your father. Don't call me. That. 
Hey everybody, welcome to Storebrand Comics. I'm T.O. And I'm Bird. And today we are continuing our Marvel Year One relaunch with, uh, finally, here he is, the big guy himself, Iron Man. Man. Savior of the universe. We just got copyrighted. Oh no. It's all our money. Oh yeah, all the money we make on this, um, <laughs> yes, on this amateur passion project. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So yeah, because because someone would definitely want to want to sponsor a podcast series that uh uh wildly fluctuates in in um runtime. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. You didn't get the the Geek Fuel uh, or G Fuel sponsorship email? No, 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 I didn't. guess it's just me. All right. So, so yeah. um, Right now, Brandon and I um, are... So, okay, Brandon. Yes. Do you... um, Because you've kind of been uh, doing these for... uh, all of our Marvel Year One things so far. Do you have a basic rundown for what we established with Iron Man yeah, back in yeah. the first Year One video? Or not yeah. video, podcast? <laughs> <laughs> they see the sound waves. Yeah, yeah, I've got a, I've got a little thing. Um, yeah, so, so basically one thing to establish right off the bat is if you've listened to pretty much any of these, like Magneto is kind of like the lead villain but it's building up it's it's building up it's not like yeah straight out the bat or straight out the gate whatever whatever the saying is yeah in, ter- in terms of actual comic book real estate i would say magneto's taken up about a maximum of 10 pages so far yeah exactly based on how little we've actually talked about him he's just sitting in his chair just waiting for him to to get off that chair yeah 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 he's sitting in his chair um, he he was intimidating in, in in one comic book arc, but then uh, and then like he was like, "Fine, I'll do it myself." At the end of a different series arc, but uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. But we still haven't really seen him move around a whole bunch out, out of that out of that chair. Yeah, it'll happen eventually. It'll happen, it'll happen. eventually. But, um, right? Yes. But um, so yeah, Magneto's kind of our our Thanos. I say Thanos. I'm just talking about like what you're. It's not even like leading up to. I guess it's just more like because uh, there are going to be multiple villains. He's just like a big villain. I'll say that. Yeah, he's a big villain. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's he is Doctor Doom, like Norman Osborn level. Yeah, yeah. Bad guy. Yeah. Um. Right. So yeah. So Magneto. What we talked about in our first episode, which I'll break down here so you don't have to sift through to find this, uh, Magneto targeted Tony Stark and had some of his mutant lackeys ambush Tony Stark, similar to how Tony was ambushed in the Iron Man movie. Okay, so they were mutants. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I didn't know if if Magneto would have... 
exposed some of his X-Men to Iron Man or if uh, he would have like tried hiring someone from the outside to I mean yeah it's possible we can always uh, we can always see but um so from there it was meant mostly to just like scare Tony into like ceasing his involvement with weapon manufacturing and stuff like that because Magneto is a bad guy but you also got to think like it's not just like yes I'm going to destroy the world. Like, no, no, no. He's like, in his viewpoint and in other people's viewpoints, you could see him as a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, because... meant to be, he's meant to be a very, our version of Magneto is very much like a Toyo Harada figure. Yeah. Just because you are a bad guy does not mean that you are a bad guy. Yeah. To quote Wreck-It Rap. <laughs> Um, Zangief from Wreck-It Ralph yeah yeah exactly (laughs) Um, so yeah it was was meant to like that whole incident was meant to like scare Tony into like ceasing involvement with weapon manufacturing and stuff like that because Magneto he's trying to make a better world whatever that is Um, well I mean like with mutants and stuff like that yeah Um, but, uh, but Tony actually gets really hurt in that ambush incident. It wasn't meant to happen like this, but he actually gets really hurt and he eventually gets the arc reactor to save him and eventually has a coming to himself moment where he realizes he has to gear up to fight against what is coming from Magneto and Magneto's mutants. That's basically what we talked about in the first podcast. Yeah. And if this is um, an instance of corporate espionage, on the part of like Magneto against Tony, we need to figure out what sort of environment Tony was in so that he can end up in a similar situation to like the cave situation from the movie so that he can like have that um, like arc of becoming better. And, and because one of the most like well executed aspects of the entire MCU uh is um how in the movies the suit in and of itself is just this physical manifestation of tony becoming a new man iron man represents not um an apathy for the role he plays in the destruction of innocent lives but a desire to protect those lives that he um had a hand in ruining yeah exactly i iron man is like like the suit the concept it is the physical manifestation of Tony's desire to grow and become a better man. Yeah. And so we need to find a way to represent that in this comic book series. Yes. And oh boy. <laughs> that's that's a tall order. Well, uh, one thing I wanted to mention real quick before we like uh, get into diving deep into that was like uh, just some possible thoughts. Like these are like this isn't even like the uh, whole ideas of arc one and two, but just brief little things. Cause I'm trying to figure out like how the order will be. Um, this is an idea. It can easily be switched around or thrown out. Um, first arc possibly be Tony just cause we, we had mentioned like that, that first year after the incident, he has basically just, Finishing that first Iron Man suit. Yeah. Um, the first arc 
possibly be Tony. He just finishes the first Iron Man suit. Iron Man, he he's not taking out mutant workers, but like going against the Magneto thing, possibly almost making us feel like Iron Man is possibly a villain when you're reading it. Because at this point in the Marvel stuff that we've lined up, we haven't really... We haven't really like blatantly said Magneto's villain. Like there's like teeny tiny thing that's like, oh maybe that but I mean like it's stuff where it's like, oh, it's just like that's what leaders do. Like we haven't we haven't really shown anything to this point, month eight or yeah. whatever this is. Yeah, we've, Mag- we've shown we've shown that Magneto is willing to operate in some shady moral territory, but like we haven't shown him being outright villainous yet. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um so that's why I was thinking, like, if he if he went against this thing, if you just had him, like, whatever the story is or whatever, just have him, like, go against this Magneto stuff and all this stuff that you've seen in previous comics and you see Iron Man go against it, you're like, wait, what is, wait a second, what is, is Iron Man a villain in this? And then possibly, again, this can all be thrown out, possibly the second arc flashes back a year before the events of the first arc where we see Tony Stark being captured by Magneto's lackeys. Um, and you see like, Oh, like, okay. Like there is something more going on because the second arc, most of that's going to be in year two anyway. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it also like builds upon like, okay, Magneto is kind of a bad guy. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, Oh, and you know what? There is actually an interesting uh, way to um, go about sort of presenting some, uh, like kind of painting Tony in a bit of a bad light to make him seem villainous off the bat. Yeah. So one one thing that we uh, addressed in our Spider-Man idea is that when Tony gets back, uh, kind of coincides with Spider-Man's third arc, which right. sees Kurt Connors get fired from stark industries because of all the all of his involvement with all the things like vermin getting loose um, yeah, yeah and then after that that's what motivates him to become the lizard and go after hank pym for throwing him under the bus um yeah yeah so one way to kind of start off like painting tony in a bad light is start off by showing like you know, there have been layoffs at Stark Industries upon upon Tony Stark's return um, and like show that like Tony Stark has, has thrown himself back into like the public um, after recovering from, you know, this injury that he had and uh, and like things aren't looking great immediately. And also the fact that he um, shut down weapons manufacturing. That's a ton of jobs lost right there. Yeah yeah so like just just painting tony as like this corporate evil guy which yeah like obviously the lost jobs is a huge negative for shutting down an entire like chunk of your company yeah um you know on on morals and principles alone um so like that by itself like yeah that's 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 not a great look you understand why he's doing it but at the same time it's like you know, there that does have an effect. Yeah. Um, like even even what seems like good intent and good actions, like there are 
negative ripples that come from that. Yeah. And it's possible we could see that through some of the other series as well. Like yeah, Spider yeah. Spider-Man being as street level as he is, like a couple of his villains, I this is this is again another very MCU thing to do, but a couple of his Oh jeez. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> um just uh ignore that. I don't know if I can cut I don't know if I'll be able to cut that out very clearly. No, that's all good. Um, <laughs> uh so anyway. I, I, I wish I, I wish I had to fart. Like I just like I fart after and it's like, oh that's <laughs> all good. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We're 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 adults, we promise. <laughs> We're adult boys. Yeah. <laughs> adult boys. I think that's the perfect way to describe us. Um, <laughs> where was I? Right. Uh, I, I know this is another sort of like, this is a complaint that a lot of people have about the MCU that both Spider-Man villains so far have had direct ties to Tony Stark. Um, but like with the world we're establishing, like it makes sense that... Uh, yeah. A lot of like Spider-Man's street-level villains would would be like disgruntled, disgruntled Stark employees, not necessarily going for revenge after him, but turning to crime to get by because yeah, they uh, they they lost their job. Yeah, exactly. Because if you think about it, it's like let's say we have someone like the Rhino or whatever, or or someone someone that has like this crazy tech armor like or suit or yeah yeah what i'm saying is yeah you have characters like that that have this crazy tech and if they just come out and are are being villains it's like wait but where did you come from how'd you get this tech whereas like with this it, it makes sense it's like oh yeah like they they worked in stark industries and a lot of people in stark industries got laid off so it makes yeah. sense yeah like shocker he could have been in a um like an engineer or something working on a new concussion based um like weapon yeah and, yeah and now that he's been fired he's had to repurpose that into his shock gauntlets to uh and start robin banks or uh um blizzard like he could have been working on something with ice and now that he's been fired he uh has to repurpose that into the ice suit that he wears Okay, so so this is uh, this is me jumping ahead, and we can fill in the gaps. But I'm just thinking the end of the first arc, <clears throat> I think, should be more than just him realizing it's Magneto. I think it should almost be like him about to have a confrontation with him, and then arc two jumps in, just showing like this is why, kind of. Yeah. Like, arc two is, like, the flashback a year, like, showing you why. And then, like, whenever we get to arc three and, and year two and all that, you can continue the end of arc one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We can figure out um, a, lo a lot of the details for, um, like, how the confrontation goes down um, once we get to our larger year two episode that we will use yeah. as a springboard for these ideas. But, uh, um, but yeah, for now, for now, we just need to figure out what happens to the end of arc one and then to the end of the flashback arc. So yeah, figure out what the heck's going on. Sort of reverse engineering the story here. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so yeah. with the end of it, just so we can, uh, 
fill in the gaps. I would say the end probably would be, I don't know if somewhat of a confrontation or, or if it's like, I don't, I don't even know. Cause I'm trying to think like maybe the end of arc one is like, like he's like issue two or three or whatever. He found out it's Magneto. Um, maybe arc, the end of arc one is like him, maybe in his suit, like outside of, cause I'm sure Magneto's in a tower. It's in like a big building. And maybe he's just like flying outside the window of the, the big office and Magneto turns around or whatever or something. Yeah. Yeah. Magneto like sees him. And, um, and I think it would be a pretty hefty shock for Iron Man to find out about Magneto's powers as the fight starts. Yeah, yeah. Ob- obviously, he doesn't know that mutants exist yet. Yeah. Um, so, like, to find out that Magneto can manipulate metal, which is what he has covered himself in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that that's... I, I kind of like the idea of that being, like, once we get into year two, being, like, the opening of arc three, where it's, like, at least the first issue is just there somewhat brawl inside of uh that that not the whole tower but in that office area and just magneto just wiping the floor but it's like some people see this and we've already got to a point in year two where people are starting to see stuff so this is just more stuff that people are seeing kind of yeah yeah and and this this first arc um obviously this coincides with the arc one of miss marvel and arc one of Miss Marvel is when people are seeing like mutant powers for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And like be and like there's undeniable proof that this is like superpowers. It's not like you can poo-poo it away. It's like, oh it's yeah. It's tricks and flips and all that. So uh so yeah, like Iron Man, he's developing technology. Not even knowing that he needs to be able to develop it to compete with superhumans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, yeah. he just thinks it's like, uh, like once he finds out it's Magneto and his company, he just thinks it's a, it's a, almost a terrorist organization. He doesn't even think it's superpower or anything like that. He just thinks it's it's almost yeah. like a terrorist organization disguised as this corporate overlord. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Here's here's what I think happens through uh, arc one of Iron Man. He finds out about the X Men. And like learns about their school, and um, but like to obviously, like you said, doesn't realize it has anything to do with superhumans. So like he just thinks it's a weird like cult, oh, yeah. Yeah, a weird terrorist it's... cult where Magneto's recruiting teenagers. Yeah, he just thinks that's like a training ground, basically. Uh, yeah. yeah, and and then like once Magneto whips his powers out, and not only is. <laughs> Not only is this Iron Man's first confrontation with a superhuman, but it's also a confrontation with a superhuman whose powers are tailor-made to counter him. Yeah, exactly. So, like, he's he's learning that, like, these people are, like, that's the next level. Okay, so here's the thing. Should the end of this arc be, hit, like, he finds out about, the x-men obviously he him going to the school to like confront 
Magneto or him office it, building or whatever? It should be the tower. It should be the office building in New York. Okay. Okay. Um, That's what I was thinking. It's just it almost paints him like too much of a villain if he's like storming the school. Yeah, yeah, it's like, hey man, <laughs> like chill. Like for all you know, these kids are just brainwashed. Yeah. So yeah, um, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I think um, we might just need to save the flashback for arc three. Yeah. Because I feel like the the fight with Magneto might be, like, I, I feel like it's a long time to put off the confrontation. Yeah. Well, if, if we do that, then then for arc one and two, we need to, like, tiptoe around the idea of, like, uh, of Magneto being this super bad guy. Because we are somewhat painting Iron Man into, he's not a villain, but in this, we're painting him as a villain until that flashback arc comes where you realize oh this is completely yeah. justified and magneto's a villain yeah we're we're so for the first two arcs we're putting um tony on a vengeance quest basically where yeah. he's he's going after a corporate rival who tried to take him out and yeah we are we are making it seem like it's totally like selfishly motivated um, until we get that flashback, which I think the flashback might kick off year two for Iron Man, but okay, I think it yeah, need, yeah. I think it needs to come after Magneto has already whipped him pretty hard. I get you. Um, because uh, so yeah, I know eight issues is a long time to present your heroic character as a potential villain, but uh, it'll I think it'd be worth it in the long run. Yeah, I, I think it's worth it as long as we uh as long as we don't show Magneto as a villain whenever Iron Man is fighting him. Well, honestly, um I I'm gonna yeah, honestly, I think there are ways to actually still make that like a hero reveal for Tony without making a villain reveal for Magneto in this. Because the way Magneto sees it, like if Magneto gets the opportunity to explain his justification for it, the way Magneto sees it is like Tony was like this wicked weapons manufacturer who didn't care about, you know, the lives that his business was costing. And so Magneto needed to do something about it in his eyes. Like that's that's justification that leans towards more towards antihero than towards straight villain in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. So like we're just I feel like it still presents Magneto as a more proactive um anti-hero than than straight villain. Yeah. Yeah. So we could still we could still have like the hero turn for Tony where we expose that like yeah, he's been the good guy the whole time um without totally villainizing Magneto right off the bat. Okay. Yeah, as as long as like uh, because if we do the flashback, I just don't want like, I don't want the flashback to just be like, why is this even here? Yeah, yeah. Because like, because almost the purpose of the flashback is to show like uh, like, no, Tony's been right all along. He's been the good guy all along. Yeah, yeah. You don't want it to be an arbitrary um flashback arc because there are so many of those in comic books. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, because even when I suggested putting the flashback off 
for an entire arc, I thought to myself, like, well, then by that point, what's the point? Um, yeah. So I'm trying to figure out a way that, like, we could really make a flashback arc work without interrupting the momentum of yeah. his his confrontation with Magneto. In dedicating an entire arc to a flashback, um, but having it set like just before a confrontation that realistically would take place immediately, like all after all of the events of like the previous arc. Yeah. Um, it, it would it would present a situation where Iron Man's timeline is on a different scale than everybody else's. Here's the thing: should uh. Let's say, should the flashback arc, should it, let's say if it is an arc, could it be a one or two issue thing? Hmm. Like, you know, like, yeah, I, I feel like, like not even, not even calling it a filler arc, but I mean like how some filler arcs are like two issues long, like in between yeah. the next thing happening. Yeah. Like basically the, you know, honestly, I think that might be the best of both worlds. You start the second arc with two issues of flashback, and then the next two issues are the fight with Magneto. Because neither oh, of those perfect. needs to be yeah, yeah, yeah. neither of those needs to be more than two issues long. Now that I think about yeah. it, yeah, that's perfect. All right, so all right, we need to figure out um, first before we get to arc two, what speci- like who specifically is Tony confronting to get to Magneto and learn all these things, and like what specifically is he doing? I feel like he needs yeah, to um, have some level of like tinkering with his suit. We need to see like his daily life a little bit, like see what life is like now that he's back doing business again. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, and I feel like a lot of the reasons behind why he would be continuing to do business business dealings business dealings personally um, is like trying to figure out who put a hit out on him um, yeah yeah so like you get scenes of him like uh like you know doing meetings with other corporate heads like with oscorp and um my dog is scratching herself and clicking against the floor stop it <laughs> stop you're making noise don't do that i don't like that um anyway <laughs> But like, like, yeah, like having like business meetings with like Norman Osborn um, and and other corporate heads, yeah, yeah, um, whoever like Justin Hammer, that's another one, yeah, yeah, um, those sorts of characters, and and like trying to get a feel for like, do you want me dead? <laughs> Did you attack yeah. me? Are you trying to kill me? <laughs> Like he just comes right out and asks. Yeah, like, he's like, he's like, I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna lay my cards out on the table. Yeah, I asked you all here because one of you attacked me, and I just want to kick one of y'all's butt. Whoever it is, just own up to it. I mean, take this outside. We can be men about this. Yeah, yeah, and um, and you have like a like you can have a couple throwaway lines of one of them mentioning like, oh man, when. When when I heard you like like Justin Hammer in his in his um, Sam Rockwell voice, because what's the point of having Justin Hammer in anything anymore if it isn't Sam Rockwell? Yeah, uh, it's gotta be Sam. Rockwell. <laughs> it's gotta be Sam Rockwell. I mean, did you see him dance? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, um, uh, like Justin Hammer will be like, oh man, I was, you know, I was heartbroken to hear that my old friend Tony Stark disappeared overseas last year. But then when you came back a couple months ago, I, you know, I was so delighted. And then you secluded yourself away. This is a very long throwaway line and extremely expository, but Hey, you know, it just gets the message across. <laughs> Like it would, it would be over the course of the conversation that details like that pop up, but like just yeah, little yeah. expository details of like Tony disappeared overseas for yeah. an extended period of time, came back a couple months ago, and then immediately secluded himself away once he got back, and then as soon as he was done hiding away, laid off his entire weapons division and a good chunk of the genetic research division because of all the things they were doing with rodents and lizards and such, yeah, and spiders apparently as well. Um, and, uh, so like, yeah. And now that Tony is officially back in the spotlight, there's mis- this mysterious metal man flying around and staying in the shadows and being Batman. No, uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, like in my head, for some reason, I keep thinking of him like wearing a stealth suit and, uh, like a stealth <laughs> Iron Man suit, not like a skin tight stealth suit. But yeah. Like, yeah. Like a like a basically X Force Iron Man suit, like black and gray, that yeah, sort yeah. Of thing, and then confronting people, but from the shadows. In my head, every time I think of Iron Man, in my head, have you seen the anime Fire Force? Uh, no. Oh my gosh, you should absolutely you should look up like a fight scene from Fire Force that involves the main character, because okay. um. In Fire Force, the way that, um, like, the, the superpowers that are established in this world, because it's a shonen action series, so the superpowers that are established in this world are all, it's all justified as pyrokinesis in some form or another. So all okay. their powers are related to heat in some way. And the main character, Shinra, um, he can generate fire at will, but he can only do it from the bottom of his feet. So he mainly uses that to amp up the power of his kicks and, like, fly around. He rarely ever makes contact with the fire against an opponent. Like, the fire itself is not the offensive force. His body is what he uses to fight with. The fire oh, okay. helps. And, um, like, it, it, it keeps him moving quickly through the air and, like, gives his kicks a lot of power. Um, which I think is a super creative way to go about that. But, um, like... And he, Does someone he, have a lightsaber? In Fire Force, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Arthur, his he has like this whole night shtick that he does, and um, he generates a blade out of plasma. Um, that's that's okay. his pyrokinetic ability. Because um, I, I didn't know if that was if that was fan art or what. I was like scrolling down. I was like, this dude's got a, a lightsaber. <laughs> no, no, that's not fan art. That's like a real. Well, okay. I mean, you might be looking at fan art. I don't know, but like that's a real. Like, yeah, he actually makes a blade out of plasma. Um, yeah, because he generates fire just that hot. Okay, I gotcha. Um, but yeah, the blade is like the only thing he does with fire, though. Because like I said, they all have unique um, ways of using their fire. Yeah. So, but it's all related to heat in some way. Uh, like there's one girl who makes these like fiery tendrils that burn so hot they have a magnetic field, huh? Which is super crazy. There's one character; his power is completely nuts. He s- stops time by slowing the expansion of the universe. 
What? <laughs> it, it is ridiculous, but it's related to heat, so yeah. it works in the theme. It's ridiculous, but like it's it's a pretty cool series. You should give it a watch. It's um got like yeah, I might check it out. It's got twenty something episodes right now. They're doing their second season right now, so um it's it's pretty it's it's pretty dope. It's from the creator of Soul Eater. If you ever watched that one, I like their their firemen outfits. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, it's like such a unique concept too, like fire. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, uh, off that topic, the reason I brought that up is because in my head, whenever I picture Iron Man fighting the way I want him to fight, he's flying around like Shinra from Fire Force. Oh, okay. Like starting and stopping, and his jets are shooting flame and smoke everywhere, and he's like doing flips and kicks, like. I have a very acrobatic Iron Man in my head. Yeah, yeah. I get you. It's, it's, I don't know, like, if you could see the way it plays out in my brain, you would think it's very weird, but also that it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like, it's just, I have a very detailed anime version of Iron Man in my head. <laughs> yeah, I, I could definitely, like, as long as he's flying around and stuff, I could definitely see Iron Man being, like, super acrobatic in the air. Yeah. Like, basically, if Spider-Man wore an actual Iron Man suit is kind of how uh, I would think of it. Not like an Iron Spider suit, but an Iron Man suit. Yeah, yeah. Where Spider-Man would get the power to fly around. He would obviously still have his Spider-Manly acrobatics. I was going to say, before we like get into the meat and potatoes of this arc. Well, I guess this is some of the meat and potatoes. This might be a little bit of the gravy. I'm not sure. Um, is should Tony Stark start with a secret identity i feel like if hmm. iron man i feel like if, if the iron man persona is going to go around trying to intimidate people for information yeah it should be a dual identity to start with yeah yeah oh yeah definitely especially if he's still trying to maintain himself as like uh this company man and all that yeah if you just have yeah like you said this essentially vigilante running about or flying about and uh, not roughing people up, but just trying to get information. Yeah. It'd be weird if he was like, if he's if he instantly did the I am Iron Man thing, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> well, then you're a thug. Yeah, you're going to jail, mister. He's a menace. I want pictures of Iron Man. <laughs> I want Iron Man on my bed. Red Eagle. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Didn't we make a I want pictures of Miss Marvel joke in our Miss Marvel episode? Uh I don't know, maybe. I don't remember. It's 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 such an easy joke to go for. I want pictures yeah. of Spider-Man. Yeah, whenever there was that whole uh that whole intersection thing like the car crash and all that stuff there's yeah. a little kid with a little crappy camera taking pictures and he ran up and he was like hey kid I, i'll give you a hundred bucks for the camera and he got the whole spider-man three scene <laughs> <laughs> gives him the camera he like goes to take a picture and he's like he opens up he's like there's no film <laughs> she's like film's extra hundred dollars <laughs> 
that was a good moment. Yeah, yeah. Like, Spider-Man 3 is not the best movie. It has good moments, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, Spider-Man 3 is not a bad movie. No. It's just a little more awkward than the other ones are. Yeah. Um, It's better than the Amazing Spider-Man movies. I'd say it's better than Amazing Spider-Man 2. I still have a slight soft spot for Amazing Spider-Man. I think mostly because I just like that Spider-Man. I don't really care for the Peter Parker but I like that Spider-Man. You better be careful about that soft spot. Somebody's going to poke it and damage your brain. <laughs> that soft spot for the amazing Spider-Man. You better wear a hat, buddy. All right. So, um, yes. Yeah, so Iron Man is, he's going around, he's intimidating people. He's keeping a dual identity so that he doesn't, uh, tip anybody off that like oh Tony Stark is going around beating people up and what am I hearing sorry is uh someone walked into my room I was trying to shoo them away ah uh, okay did you get the broom and start whapping on them I I did the uh the thing that I mentioned whenever like someone creepy or weird does something you got to be weirder. So I just like, I just pulled down my pants, mooned them, and they were like, okay. Sorry. <laughs> and they walked away. Yeah, you got to out psycho the psychos. Exactly. Because that's what it was. The person that walked in, it was just some like serial killer. He was about mm. to kill me. And uh, I was like, I was like, okay, well, we'll see. We'll see who, who's going to win this. I think I won. All right, then. All right, so, yeah, what was I saying? Right. Um, Iron Man's flying around intimidating people. You know, like, where were the other drugs going? And um, uh, all that jazz. So, yeah, I feel like I I don't know that he's intimidating anybody specific. Um, I, I, I feel like for this arc, it's just like, I don't know, would he even be intimidating thugs? Or, like, does he know who who he's trying to scare into giving him information? I think he's he's got to have, like, at least, like, he's got to at least remember something. Like, we, the reader hasn't seen the flashback yet. Yeah. But he's got to remember something from the flashback, whether it be a tattoo or something. Like, something that's been in his brain about one of these people that, that, ambushed him yeah. and so that's been in his brain like okay i need to find this guy that guy was an idiot i know he's definitely not the boss but if i find that guy then he can lead me to the boss yeah all right um well there are plenty of mercenaries within the Marvel Universe that we could go for. Plenty of... I was thinking Crossbones, but I don't think Magneto would hire Crossbones. Yeah. And also, okay, so one thing I do also want to figure out is, did the attack on Tony pre-Iron Man 
um, take place in America. Oh, no, 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 wait, no, I, I mentioned earlier it was overseas. Do what? Uh, no, never, never mind the question. I mentioned earlier yeah. that the attack had to take place overseas. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the only way to get him in the environment we need during the flashback to, uh, like, have him be like, my weapons are bad, so. Yeah, and that's also uh, one of the ways where we can say, like, he comes back, and Tony's not, Tony isn't going to tell people about what all happened because he's just kind of on his own. He He's changed. He's changed, so he wants to change everything because he can't really rely on a lot of people because a lot of people he works with are those weapon manufacturer people. Yeah. So he's just kind of having to, like, do it himself almost. Yeah. Um. And it, it works if if it was overseas, where like you don't have news about that. People just hear like, "Oh, Tony Stark, he was is off vacationing in whatever country for a few months. Now he's back." Yeah, and um, one thing we could, I guess, sort of talk about um, while we're trying to figure this out is uh, like kind of cover like the sort of personal relationships that Tony would be. Um, catching up with uh, yeah like yeah obviously reconnecting with pepper and roadie because they would be yeah. like just sort of in his his circle of characters who are there um and like talking to dr pym a bit more we could we could take the opportunity to like dig into dr pym a little bit yeah um, yeah and how like uh uh, oh, we we could make mention because I think this has happened already. We could make mention about how Tony um, is not happy with the fact that Doctor Pym let his Ant Man suit get stolen. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, hold on, I'm trying to think. Like in this first arc, like hasn't he been back for at least five or six months? Um. Yeah, but he. Uh, I th- I thought that we were saying like he had like cloistered himself away to work on the suit. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Like he he's still whether he's in like he could still be in the United States, but yeah, he's more like uh, if you need me, send me an email. Yeah, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That works. So yeah, as far as uh mercenary characters go let's see here uh i mean i guess we can go with full killer yeah he seems like yeah we'll just yeah we could just yeah we'll just call a killer a character fool killer and leave it at that <laughs> yeah we for for this character we don't have to do a ton of background because here's the thing other than that jessica jones thing like most people don't even know who fool killer is yeah. Every time he gets a series, it always gets canceled after like three or four issues. Yeah, yeah. Fool, fool killer's not really um. In terms of popularity, he's like slapstick. Like, only yeah. a couple people know about him. Pretty, pretty much. Um. So yeah, fool killer. Fool killer was the mercenary who was sent after Tony Stark, and like Magneto could be like, ah. Uh, it's the perfect name for you who will kill Tony Stark. Or, well, attack Tony Stark. Whatever. Whatever Magneto's intentions were. Um, I got you so you could kill this fool for me. 
<laughs> um, so yeah, so Tony manages to track down Fool Killer, um, and like in, intimidate him and be like, you know, who hired you to attack Tony Stark? And um, where are the other dread scouting? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I already Wrong. made that joke. Oh yeah, Iron Man. Iron Man. He I is Iron he... Man. He is. And, and then Iron Man. Then 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 Iron Man. He uh he shakes up Fool Killer to get the scoop. Shakes him like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Was that terrible? Am I starting to get too edgy? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, I'm getting shaken baby syndrome, and Iron Man's like, that, no, <laughs> no. In so, the yeah, name Iron, Iron it Man implies shakes... you won't. <laughs> Iron Man shakes down Fool Killer. Yeah, and um, like asks him, like, you know, who hired you to attack Tony Stark? So Fool Killer's like, what? Are you Stark's new like hired muscle? Like Stark had to get a, a a human fighter jet to come take care of his business for him. And then and then uh, you know Iron Man you know roughs him up a bit. Yeah, he's like you know you know tell me. And the uh, fool killer is like, I, I ain't telling you squat. So like because I feel like fool killer like. If he's like a real mercenary, like a physical threat wouldn't do much to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, I think maybe um, because Tony would probably already have an AI. Let's say this is like the, his Mark II, right? That he's right. wearing. Um, because Mark One would be what he used to get out of the out of the yeah, cave yeah. situation or whatever situation we put him in. Yeah, um, this definitely isn't his finished Iron Man suit. Like, it's yeah, it's not still very beginning. But it's also not the first one either. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, we'll say it's like Mark Two, two point five, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, like it hasn't even been painted red and gold yet. Yeah, so, that's right. Uh, so he's like in like sort of like a blackish or maybe silverish sort of uh, metal outfit. And There's some guy he he jumped me. Did you get a name? Or anything. I don't know. He, he looked like a some sort of silver surfer or something. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah. Uh, he uh, so he's got some sort of AI, like like a Jarvis sort of system. Or should we just go ahead and start with Friday? Um, I don't. I don't. Friday typically comes later. Um. So yeah, it's so like a Jarvis or a Friday or or someone, yeah. Um, that he typically uses as an AI, and uh, he um, like basically finds a way to hack into because let's say Fool Killer's got some sort of smart device on him, right? Yeah, yeah. Any self-respecting mercenary would. Um, so Tony finds a way. He uses his AI to like hack into this guy's smart device and like find his like offshore bank accounts and stuff. Yeah. And start Tony Stark, with him. Yeah. Tony Stark's like, haven't you ever played watchdogs? <laughs> <laughs> Just takes all of them. 
yeah, like he start he starts messing with his offshore accounts. So Full Kill is like what? And and so yeah, Iron Man's like, you know, tell me what I want to know, and you get your money back. Like yeah. you want to hit a mercenary where it hurts, attack him in the pocketbook. Yes. So so that's when Fool Killer breaks down. He's like, all right, all right, I'll tell you. Um. So yeah, like it shows right off the bat that like Tony's got like this worldwide network that he can just manipulate from inside his suit. Yeah. Even as early as Mark two, cause we're living in a technological information age, baby. Yeah. You gotta get with the times or get, get dead. Yeah, exactly. See Tony, he, he laid off all those people and like, instead of hiring a, uh, a Lucius Fox or anything, he became the Lucius Fox. Yeah. He just, he went into that R and D department. He was like, "Ooh, this is like a like a Christmas for me. All these little gadgets I can do stuff with." Yeah, well, yeah, that's kind of the point of Iron Man is that like, yeah. while while Batman's got all these people who can provide him with technology and help him on that front because he's a genius detective, um, Iron Man, uh, like his whole thing is that he builds it all himself. Yeah, exactly. And he's also not a d- detective. <laughs> So yeah, like yeah, Iron see, Man see, is Batman, his own guy in the chair. Yeah, Batman, he wouldn't even had to go to Full Killer. He would have like quickly found out, oh, this is obviously Magneto. Yeah. But Iron he Man, he's got like, I gotta rough up some people with my gadgets. Yeah. So yeah, Iron Man. So yeah, basically the whole arc is um detective work, shaking down Fool Killer. Learning about the X Mansion and like all the and the X Men and stuff on the surface level, obviously not learning that they yeah, have yeah. powers, yeah, um, or that mutants are a thing, and um, being like, whoa, he's got some sort of creepy terrorist cult, and like yeah. digging into the side characters a little bit more, Pepper, Pim, Rhodey, um, but not like too much. Now, Pim, yeah, but I, you I, you I have do... those you have those moments though, yeah. Yeah, I do want to establish that Pim is like he works a lot. Like he's always moving from project to project. Like one thing, like at this point, he's got two failed projects under his belt. He's got the whole genetics thing that got shut down because of the lizard and vermin, um, and Ant-Man. and then the whole Ant Man debacle. Yeah, that cost Misty Knight her arm. Yeah. Um. So like now, now Pim is like we we established it like. He's ambitious. He's constantly moving from project to project and trying to climb up the ranks. So now let's say Pim is working on like security primarily as it pertains to like robotics and that will come into play later. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we got, got to make a point that Pim is very specifically working on robotics right now. Yeah. Um, so Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so, so that's basically first arc right there. Yeah. We did it, Brandon. We did the first we arc. Did it. So yeah, the end of it, we did yeah, it. We just did making it. sure the end of it was like basically him pretty much outside that window knows it's Magneto and like Magneto turns around either looking somewhat worried or not, whatever it may be. Probably not reader. at all. Not at all, but I'm saying like. He doesn't need to have like a, a angry 
or like evil look on his face. It's just like a he just sees him. We'll say he's listening to generic metal band, um, like the the panels, like like the word bubbles that come out of the radio are just gonna have like musical notes, um, but like really like scratchy, shaky looking musical notes to like denote the fact that the music is harsh. Yeah. Um, and like that way, we don't actually have to define what sort of music he's listening to. Or he's listening. He's a he's a man of class. He's listening. <laughs> It's a careless whisper with George <laughs> Michael. <laughs> so yeah, Iron Man flashback arc. We've been stuck inside this Humvee for hours. <laughs> it is hot in here. It is sweaty in here. I don't want to be in here anymore. Yeah, he's and like, okay. Out of here. Been listening to Metallica for quite a while. When are we getting to... Where, where even am I going? <laughs> 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 Scooby-Doo laugh. Yes. Um. So yeah, and then eventually, like, the bombs go off. It's basically the opening of Iron Man from two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. And Tony's trying to you know get away. He gets he gets hit by a bomb. Um. And while while he's being attacked by a bomb that says Stark Industries on it, you hear someone shout, "I'm the fool killer, and I killed you." Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 we'll have a, we'll have a more a more real way of introducing that. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like he'll he'll see fool killer or something. Like he'll he'll be able to figure it out based on the information he has from just this one bit. But like yeah, he gets you attacked. Just have by like the 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 over the top dialogue where it just like is punching you in the face. He's he has him like tied up. He's like, do you know who I am, fool? And he's like, who are you? He's like, I kill fools like you. Like, uh, the taskmaster? I've heard of a taskmaster. He's like, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or yeah, yeah, do that, um, that like modern comic book movie thing of like, you don't want to say the name of the character but you'll reference the name of the character yeah, so yeah. people know like oh that's who it is like in um like in the incredible hulk when blonsky's trying to get like the the uh, hulk infusion to turn into abomination and then like uh the the mr blue is like ah but oh yeah the concoction could be an abomination yeah yeah it's like okay we get it we know yeah, who thank this, you. <laughs> we know who the character is supposed to be, and we know that you don't want to just give him his name because apparently having a superhero name is is cheesy, yeah, dorky. Which I don't think it is. <laughs> I won't let them have you, Mama. I feel like a nut job. We've made so little progress in the past thirty minutes. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, like <laughs> the flashback thing is like it's almost it's almost like just self explanatory yeah it, it really because yeah you basically in these first two issues can run through the first act of iron man one like yeah just just replace whichever random goons got him in the uh first movie with fool killer and then the terrorists come along and get him and then he's in the cave with ho yinsen and then they bust out and yinsen dies and tells tony don't waste your life and um 
then Tony, you know, gets out with the Mark One armor, and then he's found. Then he comes home, and that's where our that's when you get to the start of our story. Yeah, because I mean, like, obviously you can change things here and there, but like that's essentially a good blueprint to go off of, and that's essentially what we're doing with this. The Marvel relaunch stuff is a good blueprint to go off of. Like sometimes we have yeah. issue by issue dives, but even those, it's like when you're writing it you're going to have to expand it more but we're just giving a good blueprint to go from yeah yeah a lot of our simpler concepts like this flashback thing um we don't do like issue by issue for but like the more complex stuff like black panther that one was long because we needed to go issue by issue for that one yeah yeah but uh except for the fantastic four part of it we kind of breezed through that one yeah but um Oh, excuse me. Oh, I have so much gas built up today. My mom and I had grilled cheese and tomato soup for uh, lunch today. So, uh, a yeah. little, little, little gassy. It was very delicious, though. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, perfection. The grilled cheese and tomato soup is one of my favorite meals to have at literally any time. I could probably just go for another one for supper tonight. That's pretty solid. Grilled cheese made me think of uh, the Taco Bell grilled cheese burrito that came out. It's really good and now i want that all right so yeah so the two issue fight between iron man and magneto yeah so basically it opens up right where the first arc ended um maybe tony tries blasting through like i don't mean like shooting through the window but maybe like going through the window and uh he just gets instantly wrecked by mag like he gets stopped in his trip, yeah basically. or here's here's something he crashes through the window and he intentionally stops short of like obliterating magneto against his desk yeah but like grabs magneto by the collar and like lifts his hand up with the energy charged in his palm and everything yeah yeah and like you know you uh you sent those guys after tony stark and all that and and you have this big confrontation where like Tony reveals that he knows about Magneto's little weird terrorist cult and um, that he, uh, you know, did a bunch of digging and that, like, he's basically, like, trying to use this as leverage to threaten Magneto. I don't think he wants to, like, outright kill this dude right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's trying to do all this to him. Because through that flashback, we just revealed that, like, Tony's got good reason for doing what he's doing right now. And, um... So, like, this is the part where, like, yeah, he wasn't hunting Magneto down to kill him. He was hunting him down to threaten him and get yeah, him to yeah, stop yeah. doing what he's doing. Yeah. And and Magneto's just going to be like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, after Iron Man is done laying down all of his threats and being like, you know, yo, knock it off, that's when Magneto starts, like, whipping him around and, like, playing with him like a toy. Yeah. And then Magneto will be like, oh, so you you know you know everything, huh? And and then Iron Man will be like, Well, I didn't know about this. Yeah, yeah. Like Magneto would play his hand because I think maybe he would kind of panic in that moment for like internally, not externally. Like you wouldn't see panic on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In his head he's panicking a little bit, thinking like, Well, if he knows about the X Men, he knows about mutants, so I can just do this. Yeah. Um yeah. and that's when Magneto whips his powers out and Iron Man obviously would be thrown off by it. So 
Yeah. He unintentionally got Magneto to play his hand a little early. Yeah, yeah. Is the idea. So I think we're establishing a good little mind game between Tony Stark and, and Eric Magnus here. Yeah. And that uh, this is definitely going to be more of a chess match than either of them thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to think, because uh, I, I would assume most of this is at least its own issue. Um, uh, at the end of it, should it be like Tony just barely gets away? Like he falls out the window? Or, or should it be like Magneto basically lets him go? I think... That yeah, the actual confrontation between them lasts just this one issue, and Magneto lets Iron Man go and tells him, um, like, to tell Tony Stark that this means war, and like, yeah, and yeah. that the two of them need to <laughs> basically telling him like we're getting ready for open conflict now that we've both played our hand against each other. Except yeah. Tony's still got one close to the chest because this also means that Magneto doesn't know Tony is Iron Man. Yeah. Um, but why didn't Magneto like rip off the the helmet or good the face point. mask? Or he probably would have, wouldn't he? Just to see his face. Yeah. This, well, to see his face, and then like it, it just makes Tony that much more vulnerable. Yeah. Like now Magneto, the super wealthy powerful guy because i'm not just talking about superhero powers i mean just like yeah powerful in general um like he knows who you are he knows where you sleep at night that sort of thing that does make sense doesn't it that that he would like take his suit off um so yeah he probably did that then so yeah now now it's now it's like game on like it's these two are getting ready for they are keeping each other's big secrets for now with with Magneto not revealing that Tony's Iron Man and Iron Man not revealing that mutants exist but uh, um, especially since Miss Marvel's doing enough of that part on her own in her own series right right Um, and by this second arc because this coincides with the second arc of Miss Marvel so like there are already um kind of newspapers floating around i think at this point of like girl with superpowers everyone be scared yeah yeah. (laughs) or something to that effect jameson stop writing about this yeah like like, he's not a menace like issues in the daily bugle um but yeah uh like so that's so even though jameson you didn't you didn't call spider-man a menace are you sexist jameson uh uh, so then, like, he has to start going super hard on Spider-Man specifically. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, the entire reason Jameson uh, goes after Spider-Man so hard is so that he doesn't look like a sexist for criticizing Ms. Yeah. Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be awesome. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, even though this this confrontation between Iron Man and Magneto is an extension of the, of the first arc in terms of the timeline, we'll just say, like, yeah, it coincides with Miss Marvel's second arc at this point. Yeah, yeah. So, um, because that's just the way the timeline needs to work for this. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it works. Like, you could easily say, like, when you're matching it up, you can just say, like, the first arc 
of Iron Man. It was just taking place like a couple months in the future compared to like a book that was coming out the the month before or whatever. Yeah. Or not a couple months in the future. I mean like a couple ahead of that is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A couple days in the future. But yeah, yeah and then like uh, ahead of that. And it gives the other titles a chance to catch up to where Iron Man will be with its second arc. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool beans. But um but yeah, so the, this issue ends with basically Magneto putting Iron Man's suit back on him and, and saying like, get 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 out of here, go, get like, yeah. this means war, now get yeah. um, so the two of them need to get ready for like and that's what's going to spur Tony on to start making rapid improvements on the armor yeah, yeah and also, I think and then possibly recruiting someone like uh, Rhodey or something. Yeah, I was gonna say because eventually, I think maybe he picks the three people who he trusts the most, which at this point would be Rhodey Pepper and Pim, and yeah. tells all three of them, "All right, this is what I'm up to. Are you in?" Yeah, and that's how you get War Machine rescue, and then Pim stays in the lab working on robotics and such. And yeah. that will progress where I think a lot of people already know what I'm doing with that. So, yeah. If if you know Hank Pym from the comic books and his relationship to certain robotic characters in Marvel, you know where yeah, I'm going yeah. with this. Yeah, but because like it it makes sense for after this encounter, Tony realizing like, oh crap, like I definitely can't do this by myself. Yeah, like. Like, uh, these, this is more than just, like you were saying, he figures out it's more than just a cult. Like, <laughs> these people have powers. And he's only seen one set of powers from Magneto. Yeah. So he's thinking, like, all of them have, like, not not magnetism powers, but he knows, like, he thinks, like, all of them are as powerful, basically. Well, yeah, this is basically, this, this is kicking off, um, th- this is basically going to be the kickoff to the mutant fear. Like, it's kind of going to start yeah. with Tony. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like, because he, he's going to go at it with the same logic that, like, you see presented in the, you know, X-Men comics and movies where they're like, we don't know what these mutants can do. That's why they're scary. That's why they need to register with the government. Yeah, If, yeah. if human beings are is... giving birth to guns, then... <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, you, you like, uh, and you think about it in this sense, like, with what's going on with tony leading up to this it makes sense like for him to go that route here i mean like eventually it can always it always will change once uh things are revealed and x-men start branching off and stuff but like right here it makes sense for him to to take that stance yeah yeah right right now he's like people with superpowers exist and that and they're threatening yeah so yeah, and and so he's released from Magneto in issue number seven, and then as Tony is flying back, um, Magneto uh, makes a quick call, and um, and we see that like as Iron Man is flying back, he's going to get like hit by something while he's in the air and fall to the ground. And come face to face with a mutant who can do projectiles. We need to figure it out. Hmm, let's see. 
Like you mean like even if it's like energy? Yeah, yeah, like a mutant who can shoot things from their body. Um, Oh, like Havoc? Probably not Havoc, because we still haven't even introduced Cyclops yet. Right. Um, We've kind of been holding off on him. Um, Maybe someone like uh, along the lines of... um, Oh, goodness. Well, I need to get back on the internet real quick and start looking up X-Men. Because for some reason, whenever it comes to just coming up with characters on the spot who can do things, um, I blank while we're doing this show. List of X-Men members. Here we go. All righty. All right. Okay. I mean, uh, what what type of blast are you going for? Like fireball, like pyro, or let's see here. Maybe someone. I don't know. Maybe Dazzler. She could shoot like a light blast at him. Um. I don't know. Uh. Jubilee was not a part of the third X-Men arc. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he had like and Jubilee is an X-Man, like like a part of their team. But yeah, maybe yeah. he had Jubilee brought to New York real quick, like to take care of some stuff. Because he probably knew that Iron Man was um on a tear after him for a while before he showed up. Yeah, yeah. So like maybe he had Jubilee show up to Maybe throw her weight around. She shoots literal fireworks from her hands. So yeah, that might that might be interesting. If like Jubilee's the one who shows up, and we see her in like a more combat-oriented role than we did in the X Men series. Yeah, yeah. For the first time, let her shine, both metaphorically and literally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe like uh so so like where where are they fighting at? Um let's see. If if this is a fight. We have to assume that she was positioned in such a way that she had a clean shot on him, like while he was in the air. Yeah. Um so she might have been positioned on a rooftop and he probably crashed on the nearby rooftop. Um Okay, yeah. So she, she yeah, she probably just moved and used her fireworks to like boost herself to uh whatever roof he was on if there's a yeah. gap between her and him and like and then she's like you know hey I, yeah, I got you or whatever sort of yeah. cheeky line she does for that big splash page at the end of the uh issue where we reveal like oh yeah jubilee's guest starring in this arc <laughs> yeah, yeah also i was trying to think of like what the uh with the the corporate uh, sweep under the rug of once all this stuff is over with, I would say it's like some sort of firework show or whatever they were trying to do, like like Magneto, yeah, yeah, because this branch is- company he has is a firework show, and like uh, one of the fireworks uh, went into his office or like hit his office or whatever. That's why the window is broken. Yeah, yeah, some sort of mishap with um fireworks manufacturing stuff yeah. and 
fangs. Like a display that they were doing. Yeah. And he has people in, uh, people positioned in like political offices and stuff who can be like, oh, yeah, we get, we, you know, he did permits. <laughs> yeah. Permits that we did those things. Yes. That's, yes, yes. That's a thing that happens when you need, when you want to do something. And we did that. Yes. <laughs> Magneto, I lied. Can I, can I please have my check now? <laughs> So yeah, so you get a big, epic energy-based battle between Iron Man and uh, Jubilee, and I think Iron Man might not have like his repulsors totally worked out at this point. This yeah, might yeah. be what inspires him to be like, "Oh no, I need, I need like energy-based projectiles." At this yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Because like right now, I think the furthest he's gotten along is getting the suit strong. Maybe he's packed a couple of like a, uh, um, like ammo based projectiles and like artillery stuff in the yeah. suit um but just minor things nothing like totally lethal and uh yeah yeah and he's got like rubber bullet uh little thing that pops up on his shoulder yeah, ru- ru- on rubber his bullets layers that sort of thing yeah but like yeah. nothing nothing that's meant to be used like to kill a human being um yeah. and like he's obviously worked out his flight yeah yeah so like a lot of the combat that he does would be like that sort of flippy acrobatics and flight based stuff that I mentioned before. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So he, with, with Jubilee constantly launching her fireworks and energy stuff all over the place, he would basically be blinded looking through the, uh, you know, computer screen that he has in front of his face. And it would be difficult for him to keep a lock on her, um, in combat, especially if there's anything like, sort of based in heat seeking that he's trying to do. Yeah. So I would also think like uh to even like hammer in like he's not trying to kill her. Like he he also recognizes like she's like a an older teenager. Yeah. And like maybe yeah, like this is a kid in, in mid battle. Yeah, in mid battle, like possibly just saying like kid, like you're brainwashed, like that type of crap or whatever. Yeah. And obviously she doesn't buy into it. But I mean like he's that's how he sees it, is like yeah. a lot of these kids have been brainwashed. Yeah, and he's trying to convince her to be, to give up and she's like, No. <laughs> I got cool powers. What are you talking about? He's like, That's that's just what I fear. People with cool powers and they're just gonna use them however they want so yeah basically it it ends with like it would basically have to end with like a lucky punch or him just sort of getting away yeah yeah um finding a way to escape her or getting like a lucky gut punch that knocks the wind out of her and she falls unconscious um yeah and and that's when he finds the opportunity to get away get back to stark industries and reveal to Hank, Pepper, and Rhodey that he is Iron Man and that he wants to turn them into Iron Men as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like we got a pretty good first two arcs for Iron Man there. Yeah. It sets him solid. up yeah. pretty nicely for year two. But, uh, anyway, all right, Brandon, plugs yes. and recommendations. Um, in terms of plugs, you can check out uh, some indie comic stuff I'm working on uh, at Disney Comics. That's Instagram and Facebook. 
That's D-I-S-M-A-Y Comics. Um, I am nearly done. Like the first issue, it's it's been done, but I'm nearly done with the whole process. Like uh, I got print samples in yesterday. I have an artist that's or someone I've been working with that'll send uh, files that can be printed. They're either sending it tonight or tomorrow. So like, uh, and with the print samples, I already figured out what paper and all that that I want to use. So like, hopefully by the end of the week, I'm going to make like a, a small little, little uh, order. I ordered 25 copies. I, I just want to make sure it's all good before I even start all the Kickstarter stuff. Like I just want to have everything good to go where once I start the Kickstarter, literally all I have to do is just order many books and then just ship it. Like I won't have to worry about anything else. Um, so yeah, it's uh, coming along with that. Uh, recommendations. Recommendation. Oh, I beat Control. Control. Oh, was, did you? Yeah, it was good. Um, it, it's a good story. The, the gameplay is a ton of fun. Um, I remembered the, one of the complaints that I forgot to mention last episode because I mentioned there's two problems with the game. Um, one I had mentioned was frame rate drops like here and there, especially if you pause the game and then unpause it, it drops for some reason then. And then also whenever there's a ton of enemies and stuff going on, it drops. Um, and then the other complaint was loading screens. Whenever there are loading screens, they take forever. Um, those are complaints with the game. In terms of gameplay, it's a ton of fun. It's a blast. The story is good. I think it's uh, not as good as they thought it actually is. Mm. I, I think they're trying to go super deep with it when really it's, it's not really that deep. Um, yeah, the story is good. Uh, I'm sure if you want to get more out of the story, you can look at all the collectibles and files and all that crap, but who looks at that? No one looks at the lore in video <laughs> games. Those, those I, nerds. I sometimes look at lore in video games. Well, I'm saying those nerds that play Destiny or play Elder Scrolls and oh, yeah. read all the lore and stuff. I play like, Elder Scrolls. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying play the game. I'm saying did oh, you read okay. all the collectible books and all that crap? I didn't read all the books. I read a couple of them until I realized how long they are. And I was like, exactly. Well, exactly. Like, I don't want to sit here and read this whole, whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Who am I? Brian David Gilbert. Oh yeah. Is that that guy that like read he does all the unraveled videos for Paul? Yeah, yeah. He like his first one was he read every book in Skyrim. It was like the top 10 or whatever. Yeah. I love that dude. Yeah. Like, uh, but yeah, like no one, for the most part, no one cares to read your lore. Just put the story in the game. It's the point. We're playing video games. We're not here to read. Why do you think we're playing video games? We don't want to read. Why do you think we're playing video games? We don't know how to read. <laughs> Why do you think I turned off subtitles? Can't read. Usually when I turn off subtitles, it's because they're distracting. I keep looking at the bottom of the screen when I want to watch what's happening. So yeah. I turn I them only, off because I can't stop reading them. I actually turned on subtitles for Control because there's a janitor character in Control. 
and half the time I don't understand what the heck he's saying. Mm. And I, I, I'm not, it's not a racist thing. It's just like the mixing, the sound mixing, like his oh, accent, okay. whenever they were sound mixing, you can't hear it. I'm sure his accent isn't that harsh. It's just whenever they were sound mixing, you can't understand anything. Hmm. Interesting. But uh, it's it's a good game. I feel like uh, the developers were a little up their own butt about deepness of the game. But it's, well, uh, yeah, it's but this this game. particular developer typically usually is. Yeah. Like Alan Wake um, and Quantum Break were both a little up their own butts about uh, some of the themes they had. Yeah. It's it's a good game though, but uh, don't don't be me in late middle school or early uh, high school where I would play a game or I'd play a movie and I'd, I'd go deep diving into it, trying to find all the, all the different messages and nuances and all that. Just don't, don't, don't do that with this game. It's, it's trying to be that, but it's not, it's just a good game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sounds like fun. I'll definitely have to check that one out. It's been on my radar for a long time as it is. Yeah. So definitely have to check that one out. All right. So for me, um, plugs and recommendations. For plugs, you're listening to it. Store brand comics. You can find us. Basically, go go look at podcast apps. You can pretty much find us on most of them. I'm not going to say all of them because I don't think we're on all of them. But you can find us on most of them. I think Bullhorn is it Bullhorn or Blow? It's Bullhorn. Um, we're also on Bluehorn. Is that a thing? Oh, we're on all. Um, Spotify, uh, you know, Anchor. That's where we record it. So of course we're on there. Um, so yeah, uh, Store Brand Comics. It's like uh, it's like Story Break, but for comic books specifically and also significantly less structured (laughs) (laughs) we do not try to get this stuff done in under an hour no but it's about the art man that's what this is it's about the art adding adding structure man that just that limits your art man (laughs) it's about the ideas we don't have yes this is jazz (laughs) just going with um, for recommendations, I started playing Indivisible, and who boy, that's a fun one. I like that one. I like Indivisible. Um, it's it's one of those ones where I've been keeping track of this game for years, literal years. Um, and I I remember ever since the first time I saw gameplay of it, the very first time I saw gameplay of it was um an episode of like an early version of it on uh, the Game Grumps YouTube channel. Um, and ever since then, like I've kept this brain, this, this game in my brain thinking like, I'm going to play this someday. And now I'm finally have it on my PS4 and I started playing it last night. And it's very interesting. The opening animation, like the opening, like theme song and stuff is animated by studio trigger. They're the ones who did like, uh, um, kill la kill and pro mare and, uh, darling in the Franks. Okay. Um, and the new Netflix show, Brand New Animal. Um, and they're also doing a Cyberpunk 2077 anime for Netflix. Um, which I'm definitely getting that game when it comes out. But uh, 
I'm a little bit confused. Um, I, for indivisible, is the combat turn based or not? The combat is sort of turn based, and here's what I mean by that: it's um like when it's your turn, uh, you okay, so you can have up to four characters on the battlefield, and mm-hmm. every character is assigned to a face button, uh, based on their position. So like far left, that's the square button; far right, yeah, that's the circle, yeah. and so on and so forth. Um, and as you level up through the game, you can press each of their buttons more and more times in combat. And right. you have to wait for their their attacks to recharge before you can use them again. Um, and hang on, my dog is barking. All right, anyway. So, um, you, you, yeah, you can push their button, you know, as up to their maximum number during combat. And um, basically, like, as long as you keep taking the opportunity to attack and, like, space it out a little bit, I think, you can just kind of keep attacking. But then, like, once once your attacks let up and the enemy starts attacking you, it's their turn to attack and you have to block them. Okay. Um, so, like, it's, it's weird because it's like, yeah, it's turn-based, but the turns don't have a defined time limit. And you can just straight up skip your turn if you either take too long to attack or um, if, uh, like, you just want to take the time to let your attacks recharge. Yeah. But, like, yeah, like, there were times where I found myself, like, just letting the enemy take multiple turns in a row and just blocking them because I needed to, like, with what I wanted to do, I needed to wait until a few of my characters had charged back up a little bit. So, like, yeah, and, like... um, if you combine like the direction buttons with a character, like they do different things. Like there is this one character named honey and she's got like this little creature named ginseng that lives with her. So they're honey and ginseng. Um, and they, uh, they're like the healer of the group. So if you hit up and press their button based on where you have them positioned in your uh, team, like they'll splash this like healing, uh, stuff on the whole team and everybody like heals up a little bit. Okay. So like those those two are definitely useful. Those and then like a uh, um there's like an archer named I think Zebe, um, who uh, he's voiced by Matt Mercer, uh, <laughs> and you can tell he's voiced by Matt Mercer because it's Matt Mercer's voice. Um, it's it's a character he's like in terms of personality, it feels like a character he's done a thousand times already. But like I don't know, it's hard it's hard to dislike Matt Mercer's voice in anything. <laughs> but like yeah he um honestly the whole thing feels like it was dubbed by netflix because there are so many actors whose voices i recognize from anime that netflix is dubbed no oh. uh like the guy who does the voice of bond and the seven deadly sins is the voice of a character named dar in this game hmm. um and like the the actress who does the voice of the main character ajna um I don't know if it's the same actress, but she sounds an awful lot like the actress who does the voice of Sypha in Castlevania. Hmm. So it's, it's, um, but like I said, I don't know if it's the same actress. Um, speaking of which, have you ever watched Castlevania on Netflix? Yeah, I've seen the first season. I've been meaning to watch the rest. It is really good. I like it. Um, second season's got some weird pacing issues. Um, third season moves along at a better clip though it has similar pacing issues with with one of its characters stories because castlevania has branched off to a point where like everybody's kind of got their own thing going on now in the show 
but uh like yeah like one of the characters in castlevania for like season three it's like his story kind of came to a screeching halt and he ended up doing like one thing through the whole season it sets up some important stuff for future seasons but i feel like if there was a character that you needed to focus on to get their arc going for future seasons it was this character and he's the one you kind of skipped on so so yeah Um, yeah so there are just there are certain weird pacing issues that I think Castlevania could work on solving, but I guess bonus recommendation: watch Castlevania on Netflix if you like um, very adult animation that is drenched, and I mean absolutely drenched in gothic horror, like head to toe, yeah. covered covered in blood. Like the, the Castlevania is a gory show. It's gory. I, I've definitely seen yeah. gorier, but well, yeah, yeah. It yeah, is, like, it's th- there definitely are definitely not gorier, but Castlevania is like, Castlevania's a little uncomfortable with it. Um, with a lot of the... That's a Devil Man Oh, yeah, that pretty, too, but... Pretty um, uncomfortable with it. Like, I don't know, with Devil Man Crybaby, it's, uh... I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, Devil Man Crybaby gets very uncomfortable um with everything it gets uncomfortable with its gore with its nudity like all of it's very just yeah uncomfortable and that's intentional too but like with with castlevania in like specifically like the violence is very well executed and just very like it just leaves you with this feeling of oh oh god (laughs) because um because delamant crybaby is very monster focused with its violence so Whereas um, Castlevania, yeah, it's got a lot of monsters yeah. in it, but it's also got a lot of human-on-human violence, too. And, like, vampire-on-human violence, and that's just inherently uncomfortable. So, But yeah, Castlevania, and what was the other... Right, yeah. Indivisible. Um, another th- fun thing about it is it has a, it's very anime-inspired and, like, has a lot of anime aesthetic to it. But rather than drawing on, like, Japanese folklore and mythology, like most anime-inspired things do... This one draws its imagery and its themes and even its names very much more from Hindu mythology. Um, Because you've got like, uh, you know, the main character, Ajna, Hmm. um, and she like can focus her energy to like access this like inner realm um, where like all she keeps all of her allies stored in like her inner realm within her mind. Um, And like... uh, like, I'm at a point in the game where I'm invading this fortress called, like, Vimana, which is the name of an important Hindu figure. Um, and, and stuff like that. And, like, like the characters that you have, their names are, like, that, that, that you get in your party, I should say. Their names are, like, Dar and, and uh, oh, what was her name? Rajmeti or something like that? Rajmet? I can't remember her name. Um, but there's, there's this this girl who's like a fire mage, and she has like a tiger pelt that she wears. Um, and like the main character is named Ajna, and things like that. It's like their their names are very Hindu sounding. Um, and like yeah, and like the yeah. opening of the game even has a visual reference to like opening the the chakras and all that when a character was unlocking like unleashing a big attack. So like it's very very much more like. Hindu and and Indian Buddhism inspired 
So you got a lot of people going in and out today. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots, well, lots going on just because. Uh, oh, uh, okay. This right. weekend I'll be moving, so oh. just like. Uh, I'm sorry. Today's um, episode was uh, a little awkwardly timed then. <laughs> All right. No, no, that's fine. All right, so yeah, um, I guess that's that's it. Indivisible, fun game, play it. Castlevania, good show, watch it. Um, and yeah, so that's it for my recommendations. So yeah, um, that's been Storebrand Comics. I have been Tio, and now we're not, and, and we'll we'll talk to you next week. Maybe yeah, no, yeah, no emotion at oh, all. Hang on. Just about. She's 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 just waking up. Do you need to go out? Okay. I think she's going to bark at someone. I gotcha. But yeah, she um she just woke up and sometimes when she's groggy she'll just kinda of bark while she's uh, regaining consciousness. Yeah, she she woke up from the that nightmare. Where am I? Been yeah, talking. some some sort of some sort of noise that um only she could hear, like probably startled her awake or something. So she's just like, oh, yeah. she was having <laughs> a uh, a Vietnam nightmare flashback. <laughs> woke up from it, like jolted up. Sometimes she acts like a Vietnam vet.